happy Sunday, everybody. Hello and welcome. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. As believers, we are called to be faithful under pressure, no matter what the circumstances may appear or may look like, because the kingdom of darkness is always trying to oppose God's kingdom of light. That's just the fallen world and the nature that we're living in currently in our circumstances until the return of Christ when the tables are going to be flipped. But with that said, allow me to speak a blessing over you and offer some encouragement as we prepare to enter into the presence of God today. And you know, friends, if you have the Holy Spirit residing within you, God's presence is always with us, but we enter into his courts with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. So when I say enter into the presence of God, that is what I'm referring to. And one of God's promises to us is that he will multiply grace and peace when believers diligently strive after a deep knowledge of God and his son, Jesus. We learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Simply put, we claim God's promises as yes that are ours in Christ. It is God's power that we see in his promises, and his word promises new mercies every day, meaning that we have redemption in Christ daily. So now again, as we prepare ourselves to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, let us let him know how thankful we are on this holy Sunday, that we bless his holy name. Lord, we praise you because you are the creator, our sustainer. You are our imminent successor. We make a joyful shout as we come together in praise to worship, knowing that our approach is an active one rather than one of passivity. You, God, alone are worthy of our praise because you remain constant. You're fixed. We know what to expect because we know who you are. We have a relationship with you. So we choose to openly praise you. And the Apostle Paul teaches us much about your promises and wisdom. And the one I go back to again and again, living in this world, it is so important to highlight what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things that counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important, so that no one can ever boast in the presence of God. You see, friends, people that are worldly people are attached to their money, their riches, their fame, their power that's really not power. It's an illusion. Friends, you have to grab on to the fact that your creator, God, is 
not an illusion. He is the true deal. So if you want eternal life, I highly recommend you grab a hold of his son, Jesus, and do what the Bible says. I'm not trying to point fingers. I'm not trying to be someone who's going against the grain. But the reality of the situation is we are all going to die at some point in time. No one is guaranteed life forever unless you have eternal life in the kingdom of God. And with eternal life, we're promised to have this, to spend eternity somewhere, right? And wouldn't you rather spend eternity in heaven than somewhere else? somewhere that you don't know, that is my objective in these podcast episodes is to bring people closer to God and a saving salvation. So with that said, we're going to start off today talking about a natural born deceiver. His name was Jacob. Later it was turned to Israel, but we can learn so much from Jacob. He teaches us how to pray, gaining God's attention. And then, you know, you and I will be able to find it as well. Because think about it. If a natural born deceiver named Jacob can learn how to pray, gaining God's attention, then you and I ought to be able to. So listen to Jacob's effective prayer he uttered in Genesis chapter 32 verses 9 through 12. It's recorded by Moses. Then Jacob said, O God, my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal with you. I am not worthy of the least of all mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Now recall that Esau is the father of the Arab nations and Jacob is the father or of the lineage of the Israelites. So Jacob was frantic because he was about to face his brother Esau, whom he had cheated out of his most prized possession 20 years earlier. His birthright. Esau traded his birthright for the immediate pleasure of a bowl of stew. He was impulsive and he over-exaggerated his level of hunger. We have to get through the pressure-filled hurdles of temptation to gain victory and overcome problems. And Esau faced many regrettable choices in life. He traded away a birthright for a bowl of stew. Are you kidding me? That's a clear example of weakness. But don't we all sometimes do equally stupid things? One could argue Esau was learning through the school of hard knocks. We all face very real temptations for things we want or desire now, but we must not negotiate in order to get what we want in the moment. These are the terrorists of our souls. 
God kept his promise from Jacob's dream at Bethel. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, Moses said, What's more, I will be with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. I will someday bring you safely back to this land. I will be with you constantly until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. Jacob had to establish his own relationship with God. He couldn't rest upon being Abraham's grandson. And of course, God has no grandchildren. This dream offered much comfort to Jacob. He was alone and on the run from his brother Esau, and yet he had this Bible promise to stand upon. So prayer must be authentic, Jacob teaches us. When we do as Psalm 100 verse 4 says, and we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, going into his courts with praise, we give thanks to him and bless his name. Prayer changes situations and people, not because we are worthy of changing the dynamics of life, but because we serve an awesome God, a God of possibilities. God repositions people's hearts. For all valid prayer, we must begin with our covenant relationship with Jesus. This removes us from the law or adhering to the Ten Commandments with explicit perfection, which of course is not possible. Enter in Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Jesus shifts us into a much better covenant in the New Testament, one filled with grace, mercy, and yes, accountability. Now, when we storm heaven's throne room, we enter into a room covered in the blood of our Savior Jesus, rather than one covered in our good works. This new relationship allows us to boldly enter into our prayers with our Father. Jacob was specific, asking God for what he wanted. He said, deliver me from the hand of my brother. God can do anything in a heartbeat. All we have to do is ask. And we're going to get to more of the asking, seeking, and knocking on tomorrow's episode where we're going to break apart each of those elements. And we're going to talk a little bit further in this episode about it as well. But in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus tells us, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Jacob had been away from home for nearly two decades, and he feared retaliation. He prayed and was granted instant favor with God as his brother's heart was changed. And Jacob wanted to be reconciled to Esau because he loved his brother, and he knew that God would be glorified through it. After all, Jacob and Esau were Isaac's twin boys, and God had given Abraham and his descendants a promise. If we want results from our prayers, we too can stand on the promises of God by saying them to God in belief of what Christ has done for us, not what we've done. Any promise in God's word means that we will be praying in the will of God. 
And God is eager to answer our prayers. But James says it like this in James chapter 4, verse 2. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous for what others have, and you can't possess it. So you fight and quarrel to take it away from them. And yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God. God for it. Now, James is teaching that conflicts and disputes among believers are always harmful. But James goes on to explain that these evil desires are battles quarreling inside of each of us. We're wanting units, so to speak. We want more money. We want more status. We want recognition. We want possessions and on and on and on. Obnoxious. When we don't obtain what we want, often our first approach is to fight to get it. It would be to our benefit to avoid the grabbing of what we want and turn toward God in prayer, finding out if it's what He wants for us. If it's His will, God will help us to get rid of our selfish desires. We can lean into God fully trusting Him to give us what we need, not what we want. How often do we pray and not yet we don't even ask for the desires of our hearts? Or perhaps we're asking for the wrong things or for the wrong reasons. When we talk to God, we must also make sure that we're asking for more than just our desires. Our prayers gain power when we allow God to change our desires to reflect his will for our lives. This is a spirit-to-spirit meetup with our God, or I like to think of it as hitting pay dirt. A scripture that's very familiar to many people is James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Perhaps you have this one memorized. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you hypocrites. We already know the outcome of the war between God and the devil. God wins. When Jesus returns as the Messiah, all that the devil stands for will be eliminated forever. For now, we live in a fallen world where evil is among us and Satan is doing all that he can to win us over to his cause. He wants us in the kingdom of darkness. The answer to this problem, of course, is prayer. The Holy Spirit helps us to formulate our requests, making them known to God. And when we acknowledge the God presence in us, the devil flees, leaving us alone. In the Gospel of Matthew, we learn in chapter 7, verse 7, Keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. Jesus tells us to persist in our pursuit of God. Our first efforts may not produce our desired results. Therefore, we must not give up, concluding that God is out of reach. To know God takes effort. It takes our faith, coupled with our focus and our follow-through. But Jesus has promised that we will be rewarded for our efforts. God is waiting to hear from us. He wants us to continue asking Him for more knowledge 
more patience, more wisdom, more love, more understanding. Think of the Holy Spirit as the power behind our prayers. Our goal is to get our aligned prayer to the Father. We accomplish this through the empowerment of his son, Jesus. We have our access through the Spirit to the Father. Back to our scripture verse, we start our prayers by asking. And this seems simple enough, and yet James tells us that sometimes we do ask amiss. So that's where we're going to continue on tomorrow, is talking about how to be persistent in our asking and to make sure that we're asking within the will of God. Because if we are, our prayers will be answered. And we know we're in the will of God when we are praying according to the word of God. So we'll talk all about that tomorrow, friends. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And if you're not spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was then placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. Now his righteousness is given to us upon our conversion. While it's true we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus, what we can do is show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, take action now. Step out boldly in faith and conviction toward the kingdom of God and openly confess after me. Father God, I come before you repenting of known and unknown sin in my life, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and showing up in life. Jesus, you're welcome to take up permanent residence as my king upon the throne of my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my past, present, and future sin on that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now consider growing in a good Bible-based church and surround yourself with other like-minded believers who will assist you in edifying and building up your newfound faith in Christ. Congratulations and God bless you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available daily. A special children's Jesus Talk University podcast airs on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for Bible stories you may be familiar with. Our episodes discuss and share Jesus's unlimited power within our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, as well as miracles, parables, and the teachings of Jesus's ministry. Now, this is an open invitation for you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of exploration of all things pertaining to Jesus. And if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases 
as they become available. And much of today's podcast referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, compelling, or perhaps wish to do a rigorous deep dive study on your own, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word, and it's waiting for you to read it. So until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And a final word from Paul given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, says, "In my speech and my preaching were not with personal persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God bless you. Amen.